Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> well, a while back, actually a few years ago, I was on a, a trip to Guatemala with uh, a bunch of folks with the church. I was uh, blessed to be pastoring at the time. And uh, we'd gone on a mission trip to Guatemala. And we were coming back. And we had to go through, obviously, you have to go through international travel and the international uh, flight terminals. And when we came back into Houston... The rest of the group, like everybody, had like gone through the the the, the terminal, had gone through the, the security checkpoints and everything. We're on the other side of these big glass walls. And I guess they were, you know, a, a type of bulletproof glass or something. I don't know, but but you could see through. And and, and I'm stopped there by these two uh, security agents at the international flight terminal. And they start asking me all these questions and who, you know, they look at my ID and then they kind of say, you know, look at me again. And they, they ask, you know, do I have any, anything to declare? And they ask me, do I have any, uh, possibly have any, uh, any things? What was my business in Guatemala and all these things that they were asking me. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then finally they say, can we get a picture with you? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? You know, I'm like, what do you want a picture for? And they think I'm this country music singer that that happens to look like me. And and I get it. I've looked at, I've seen this the pictures and these things. And there there are some cases where it's it's uncanny the likeness, the resemblance. If they thought I was really him. And they, they, they were like holding me up and keeping me back. And, and, and the other, the other, when the, when the rest of the guys on our team from our church realized what was happening, they, they could hear the conversation and they realized they thought I was this, this famous singer from this country group. They were laughing. I mean, they were all laughing at everything. And I was trying to tell them, look, I'm not who you think I am. See those, those folks over there? I'm the pastor. I'm their pastor. We were just, we were on a mission trip to Guatemala. It was a case of mistaken identity. How, how would you handle a case of mistaken identity? What, what about, what about those times when you lose your identity of who you were created to be? Like those times when we continue to ask these questions, who am I? And we kind of wrestle with our own identity. Well, we're continuing our series of five awakenings that we go through in finding our way back to God. And these, these, these five themes, the themes of these awakenings come from this book, Finding Your Way Back to God by Dave and John Ferguson. I want to give credit where it's due, and so I would encourage you to read this book. And we've taken these five themes, and we're kind of taking one each week, and we're digging into the story of the prodigal son uh, deeper together. So first, we awaken to identity, recognizing we all have a longing for love, purpose, and meaning. And these longings are given to us by our Creator, by God, and can only be met and fulfilled in a relationship with God. But like the prodigal son in our story we'll get to, we we all know what it's like to try and fulfill these longings on our own. And we, we find ourselves disappointed. We find ourselves hurt as we awaken to regret. And when we awaken to regret, we, we see that we can get caught in a cycle of searching for fulfillment on our own terms, disappointment and regret, and doing it all over again and again and again, thinking this time it'll be different. And if this goes on long enough, we can give up, which, which leads us to the third awakening, awakening to hope. And last week we said when we come to our senses, we can, we can come to a decision to come home to God. We admit we're powerless to fulfill our longings on our own, and we discover that our help comes from God. He gives us hope, and hope has a name. That's Jesus. So today we find that that even if even as we've come home to God, the journey isn't over yet. 
It's not you're not done. God's not through working on us. Finding your way back to God is a lifelong growing process. Yes, it's a life-changing moment. Absolutely, it's a moment, but it's also a lifelong and life-growing process. And so let's get back to the story. So in Luke 15, and in Luke 15, Jesus has given this series of parables about when the lost is found, and he's encouraging the people of Israel to, to find their way back to God. And for us, it's very timely for us because we can find encouragement in these words for our own individual lives, but also collectively to find our way back to God. So let's read. We're going to begin Luke 15 and verse 11. Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son, this younger son, packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, Take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. Now we're going to stop right there at verse 24. The parable goes on. It's actually another kind of like two parables combined here and jesus is a master storyteller here but we're going to stop here and dig into especially those last few verses that we read today of this story with this big idea when we find our way back to god we awaken to our identity as deeply loved fully accepted child of god Listen to this. When we find our way back to God, we awaken to our identity as a deeply loved, fully accepted child of God. Now, the one of the issues with this is, one of the, one of the struggles to get there is shame. Shame keeps us from our true identity. Shame keeps us from our true identity. It's like, uh, I don't know, you know, there may be a cat that thinks it's a dog. You ever seen that? A cat that acts like, well, or a dog that kind of lays around and you think, well, that dog's basically acting, basically it's just acting like, like a cat. Or maybe it's something like, you know, our true identity gets, gets confused because like the Dallas Cowboys think they're actually a football team. Okay, okay, I'm sorry if you're a Cowboys fan. I, I, sorry I go there. The football season is just getting rolling here. We're in preseason and getting ready. I'm a huge fan of the NFL and college football. So just get ready for the, get ready for the barbs and the hoodats. <laughs> so sometimes we lose track of our true identity. Sometimes even, even after we've come home to God, 
we can forget who we are. So I'm still laughing about that. <laughs> Even after we come home to God, we can forget who we are. We lose track of our true identity. What part of shame, what part does shame play in this? In Jesus' story of this prodigal son, the son returned home, yet he's still dealing with an identity crisis. Remember, the, <clears throat> the father sees him a long way off. His heart's filled with compassion. He's filled with love. He's, he has reckless abandon, and he runs and embraces his son and kisses him. And how does the son respond? Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. He has an identity crisis. He has, he, he's looking in, the, in his own life and he's got mistaken identity. I'm not even your son anymore. So even after his father runs to him with mercy and compassion, even when being bear-hugged and bombarded with these sloppy wet kisses, even after this overwhelming display of love and affection and grace, the son's opinion of himself doesn't seem to match his reality and his identity, his true identity. Maybe you've felt this way. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is how you're feeling right now. You found your way back to God. You've, you've left mountains of pain and mountains of regret, and sometimes you're so burdened with shame that you still doubt that God will embrace you. You've made the choice. You've made the decision. You've cried the tears, and yet here you are still doubting that God, God can embrace you this way. See, the prodigal son was blinded by his shame. It's, it's as if shame was the shadow that followed him home. Shame can follow us and blind us too. Shame can cast a dark shadow over your homecoming. It can, it, can, it can happen. Shame can cast a dark shadow over your homecoming. Shame can make us forget who you are and where you belong. Shame can, shame can make you forget who you are and where you belong. And shame whispers, you don't deserve this. That's the, real, that's the real place we find ourselves, isn't it? Shame whispers, you don't deserve this. Shame keeps us from embracing our true identity. Even after we've come home to God, we may still find we need to awaken to His amazing grace and love. So awaken to God's love. That's our theme today. That's the, that's the big thought. That's, that's what it's all about. Awaken to God's love. A while back, I was scanning my Facebook feed, and, and I admit it, I was looking for a post where I could leave amusing uh, GIFs on, or GIFs if you prefer. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that argument again. But I'm looking, I admit, this is what I'm doing. I'm on my Facebook feed, and in this moment, I'm just looking for where's a post I can, I can just drop a gif on that that would be amusing at least it would be amusing to me and I, as i was doing this i saw this post from a friend and it said this don't allow someone to speak into your spirit who doesn't have your best interest at heart and isn't invested in your future let me say that again because that because because i had to i had to sit and just look at that for a while don't allow someone to speak into your spirit who doesn't have the your best interest at heart and isn't invested in your future and then directly under that post was a, was another friend. It was like, you know, how on your Facebook feed you'll have the you know, post and the next friend's post and the next friend's post. The, the post right under that said, oh, how I love my pastor and our church family. Now, it wasn't referring to me. It was just another friend who I follow on Facebook. But, oh, how I love my pastor and our church family. And I'm thinking, here are two posts, one encouraging you 
about who you let speak into your spirit. And here's another one, publicly speak it into the spirit of their pastor, positivity and love. Have you ever allowed others to speak into your life? Like whose, whose words only seem to bring you down instead of lift you up? Maybe at times it's even been our, your own inner voice. I've been there. Like your own voice, the inner voice is the one that kind of man, it just brings you down. What if we learned to only listen to the voice of God? The only, only listen to the voice of God's love to speak into your spirit. What if we could do that? Well, while the son in the story, he's, 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 he's still hanging his head in shame. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, he says. The father shouts to his workers, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And I imagine the son's head is spinning. And he's like, uh, uh, robe, ring, sandals from, from me? But, 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 but... Uh, and each of these gifts carried a powerful significance in the culture. First, the robe. The robe is a symbol. It's a symbol of rest. Because think about it. He says, get the finest robe. Who would have the finest robe in the house? I mean, who would the finest robe in the house belong to? The father himself, right? This isn't some hand-me-down. This is the father's best robe. And this is the part of awakening to God's love that you don't have to run anymore. You, you don't have to strive anymore. This is a, this is a moment of realizing everything's going to be okay. You're going to make it, bro. Rest. And the ring. The ring is a symbol of security. All of these things are symbol, symbolic. Symbol, the ring is a symbol of security. Representing or presenting a ring to someone. Giving someone this, this kind of ring. Uh, was a sign of being placed in a position of authority. This particular ring, it would have been, it's, it's a signet ring. It's, it's a transfer. It's the, the authority of the father to the son because the signet has the symbol, the family symbol. It represents the father. And it has, the, the father says, here, get, wear my ring. Wear the ring that says you are my son. It bears my name. The son knows this means he's never going to go hungry again. That's what the symbol is. You can be secure in this. He'll never be homeless again. As we awaken to God's love, we understand God has sealed our identity in himself. And this, there's great security. And then those sandals, even the sandals are a symbol. They're a symbol of acceptance. Because in the culture in which Jesus tells this story, the only people who wore sandals in the house or around the house were homeowners. See, see, slaves or servants, they went barefoot. They, they didn't, either didn't have sandals or they didn't wear them. That was part of the culture, as I understand it. And I imagine the son returning shoeless. Dest, he's destitute. He, he's, he's had to like, trade and barter his shoes at some point for something to eat. And with the sandals, the father's saying, welcome home. You're my child. We're family. Welcome home. In awakening to God's love, we realize we're not a stranger. We're not a loser. We are dearly loved children of God. We are part of the family of God. And I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I pray you are too. So awaken to your new identity. Awaken to your new identity. In his book, Abba's Child, it's a great book, by the way, Brennan Manning wrote this, Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. 
Every other identity is an illusion. God's love for you and his choice for you constitutes your worth. Accept that and let it become the most important thing in your life. Do you know this? Do you realize who you are? Do you understand that you're loved? Do you understand that you're forgiven? Do you understand that you are accepted? God longs for every one of us to awaken to love and and to our new identity and our true identity as his dearly loved child. So remember the robe? You You don't have to prove yourself anymore. You can rest and know that you're home. Remember the ring? You don't have to worry anymore. God will never leave you. You are safe in your home. Remember the sandals, do you? You're not alone. You are unconditionally loved and you are home. When we awaken to love, we come home to live in the reality that our true identity is a beloved child of God. That is your true identity. You are a beloved child of God. And all through the scriptures, we have reminders of this identity we have in Jesus. Listen to these. These are all from letters that we find collected in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Romans 8, 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. It's, there's no condemnation for you if you belong to Christ. Romans eight thirty nine says that, that, that nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love, of, the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate you from God's love. In Galatians 3, 26 says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You're his child. Put your faith in Jesus and embrace your new and true identity as a child of God. Because any awakening to God's love means we push back anything that tells us we're not accepted by our Father God. If there's something in your life that's conflicting with that, if there's something in your life that's causing you to feel guilt and shame, then you need to push that back because awakening to God's love means you push back anything that tells you you're not accepted by your Father God. If you have a habit, if you have an addiction, if you have a sin in your life and you're saying, this is telling me I'm not accepted, you know what you need to do? You need to to not push back against that thought. You need to push back against that addiction. Push back against that, that habit. Push back against that sin in your life. Because it what this means is we, we need to be holding on to our new identity with every fiber of our being. Look at the, look at the story. When, when you find your way back to God, the Father throws a party. He, the, uh, our Father throws a party. <laughs> so here's your next step. This Throughout this series, this entire month, we are, our, our next step is to we're challenging ourselves to pray specifically, specific prayers each week. Pray to God and open yourself up to finding God in a deeper and life-changing way. And here's this week's prayer. God, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the awareness that I am your unconditionally loved child. God, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the awareness that I am your unconditionally loved child. And I'm going to I'm giving you an invitation to do this right now. Here's an opportunity to come home. 
if you are someone and who would say, you know what, I'm the prodigal and I'm far from home right now. I'm far from God right now. Awaken to the greatest love you will ever know and commit your life to following Jesus. And if you're ready to accept that, if you're ready to accept your new identity as a beloved child of God, man, we would love to throw a party. We would love to party with you. <laughs> Lord, awaken us. Make yourself real to us. Awaken in us an awareness that we are your unconditionally loved children. And if there's anything in our lives, if there's any, if there's any sin, if there's any habit or any addiction, anything, Lord, that is making us uh, live in this, this identity of not accepted, of being not accepted, Lord, as you forgive us, would you also equip us and empower us, Lord, to live the life you created us to live? Lord, you are, what, you are awakening us to a life that's worth living. You are awakening us to a life that has meaning. And Lord, that means we have to push back against anything that tells us we're not accepted by our Father God. And so as we do that today, we want to give you thanks because you are you're such a loving Father God. And while we sometimes can't equate our own earthly understanding of a father to what it is to have you as our God, our Father God, Lord, remind us again and again and again of your love, just as you have today, just as you as you have throughout this this journey through and, and through this story. And so, Lord, now we thank you that as we turn to you and we find our way back to you, that the party, the party has begun. And the reality is the party's only just begun. In Jesus' name, amen.